RadioInfluence.com. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 10 12 60 with your questions, comments, or smart ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I hope you, your loved ones, your teammates, your workmates, your classmates, now that school is back, your athletes and your students are all safe and healthy. I am Jeff Crushell, and we are your weekly source for performance information. If you want to reach out to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, and on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, search out Crush Performance, and we'll hook you up there. If you have questions, comments, smart remarks, if you have something you'd like us to investigate, we may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea. Or if you just need some help, we don't have the answers, we will get them. I guarantee we know somebody that can help you find the answers to your question, especially if it's sports related. Today, episode two of our special series titled Class C, The Kids of COVID. And we certainly would love to hear from you on this. We're reaching out and we'd love to get your thoughts, your impressions. How has COVID impacted you, your children, your students, your athletes? How have you dealt with it? What's worked? What hasn't worked? What hardships are you going through? Well, we're not alone and we're here to share and we're here to find answers. The series takes a good look at the impact of COVID-19 and the shutdown and the impact it's had on our youth and athletes and how they're dealing with it all. The focus of the series is mainly our high school and university seniors, our developing athletes, but we all know that COVID has impacted everyone. If you have a child or an athlete involved in sport or heading into one of those critical times in school, uh, it's been a very, very difficult time, not just for the students, but for everybody who's been supporting and trying to support those students and athletes. In high school, the grade 11 and 12 students, think about it, going into such an important year and such an, a fun time in life. It's sort of a rite of passage in many, many ways. Well, it's going to be very different for these kids, and we're going to try to support them and get a better understanding of what they're dealing with it and how, how we can help them through it. And for our seniors in college and university, and even for our varsity athletes, it's been a very trying time. The uncertainty of varsity sports. And of course, you know, looking forward to the graduating classes, what is that going to look like? Well, we saw kind of what, they're heading for if this thing doesn't get solved here soon in our graduating class from 2020. It wasn't the graduation celebration that we'd all been dreaming of or they'd all been dreaming of, though we did our best to create some really, really cool options. It was a little bit different. And these are opportunities that just aren't going to happen again. It's a very trying time. And it's been trying for our amateur and our semi-pro and our Olympic athletes who have been working and training their whole lives to create opportunity for themselves at the highest level of sport. Think of our Olympic athletes working on those four-year plans, working their entire lives to get one shot to compete and represent their countries. Well, we've seen the postponement and potentially the cancellation of the Olympics. How do you deal with that? That's what this series is all about. What is the impact of the shutdown? How have our youth adjusted and adapted to all the adversity they've been facing and with all the help that we've been providing them, how have they been getting by? 
Will the shutdown and the COVID landscape have long-lasting implications? This is something we're really watching and trying to figure out. And how can we maybe head those off at the past? Is it possible that for our athletes, this downtime might have some benefits? Well, in talking with Dr. Holt last week in episode one of the series, there may be some benefits here for our athletes if we just frame it up and take advantage of this downtime. And have we done enough in light of the shutdown to support our youth and our young athletes have been taking the right steps. Look, we're all shooting from the hip here. This is new for everybody. So what's worked, what hasn't, what's been done, and what can we do from this point forward? Last week, we heard from my youngest daughter, Ellie, as she gets set and heads into her graduation year, her grade 12 year. Her and her friends and her teammates have been some of the big inspirations behind this series. And that conversation was meant to sort of set the context for the entire series, getting the impressions straight from the source. How has this impacted our youth? And I've watched Ellie and her friends and her teammates, you know, get set for this big year. I've seen them deal with the excitement building up to a grade 12 graduation year. And then the bitter disappointment and the uncertainty that came along with the shutdown of sport the shutdown of all summer camps and extracurricular activities, um, the, the missing of their friends, the absence of their friendships, and then now them trying to deal with getting back to a school environment that isn't quite how they imagined it. I mean, grade 12 is such an important time in life, a rite of passage, so to speak. It's a very important time as you get set for the next chapter of life. And to see the excitement turn to confusion, disappointment, and even depression was alarming for me and so many others that I talked to. Parents, teachers, coaches who are dealing with all of these things that, that our youth are going through. And if it impacts our kids, you know it's impacting us. And I think Ellie did a good job of sharing you know, what her and her friends have been going through and maybe setting the context and helping everybody know they're not alone. There's so many people that are feeling the same way. I ambushed her last week. I just went up and said, hey, come down to my office for a second. And boom, she was on the air. And uh, that was kind of good. I'm pretty proud of her in the way she handled that. And then last week, we also spoke with Dr. Nick Holt, the Vice Dean of the Faculty of Kinesiology and Sport and Recreation at the U of A. He's also the lead at a very, very interesting lab. It's the Child and Adolescent Sport and Activity Lab. And they look at the psychological aspects of sport and physical activity and the participation among children, adolescents, and their families. What a great time to talk to Dr. Holt to get some perspective and get an idea of what they've been witnessing and how they're helping people deal with the hardships and this changing landscape. It was a fascinating conversation. You know, we discussed the impact of COVID and the shutdown and all the bad that's come out of it. And one of the interesting things that came out of that conversation for me was the fact that, you know, there may be some hidden benefits. And we've all been kind of watching this and we've heard rumblings and talkings about, hey, there's good things coming out of it. The video conferencing, the online learning. But on the other side, when it comes to sport, there's been great concern about the shutdown at every single level from our recreational weekend warriors to our youth and our developing athletes. What is this missed time going to mean for future development? Well, could it be that this downtime, the shutdown of sport could turn out to be a massive, massive benefit? Well, if we look at the landscape out there right now and what's happening in terms of injuries, all-time highs and dropout rates in our 13, 14, 15-year-olds. 
you know, and at our professional levels, um, the injury rates continue to rise. Could it be that this downtime might turn out to be a benefit? We look at the competition to training ratios at every single age group and they're way off. We're competing way too much. Well, right now during the shutdown, there's no competition or very, very little competition anyway, especially for our children. So could it be that we're looking at a time where there might be, as Dr. Holt mentioned, a COVID technical benefit? Could this downtime and this time away from competition result in a benefit for our athletes? We're going to be watching this very, very closely. And another thing that we've seen, maybe more than in recent history, in the shutdown of organized sport, is just free play. Adults, teenagers, youth getting out there and just playing games with no coach, no supervising, no standings, no score. Could that result in a benefit? Well, it was a great conversation last week, and I encourage everybody, if you didn't hear last week's show, go back to crushperformance.com, hit the podcast, and, and have a listen. Incredibly interesting stuff, and it really sets us up for today. Episode two of our special feature called Class C, the Kids of COVID. Have we done enough to support our youth and athletes through these difficult times? That's the big question here. And moving forward, what can we do to take advantage of this time? What kind of mindset should we embrace? And what can organizations and sporting programs do to make sure the return to sport is safe so we can all get back at it with confidence? Well, today we talk with player agent Manny Schmidt from Link Management International to discuss how they've been supporting their athletes and the messages they've been sharing to help their athletes not only cope with what's been a brutal disruption to their master plans, but how they could take this adversity and turn it into potential and growth, which is exactly what they're doing. I can't wait to talk to Manny today. Then we're going to talk with one of my all-time favorite young professional athletes, James Hamlin, whose final season of junior hockey was cut short due to COVID. His team was having a great season, and he, as a captain, was having a fantastic season. At the time of the shutdown, he finished third overall in WHL scoring, and the team was looking forward to a great playoff run, of course. And of course, you know, those little things like the final game in front of the home crowd in Medicine Hat. All for naught, taken away by COVID. Those irreplaceable, never-to-return opportunities. How do you deal with something like that? Now James is heading into a pro contract with the Bakersfield Condors of the American Hockey League. How did he deal with the abrupt end of his season and junior career? And how has he been framing things up as he waits to see what sport's going to look like this fall? And when it resumes, he'll be a professional hockey player. This is a conversation that every athlete should hear right along with coaches, parents, teachers, everywhere. James has such a good, solid foundation and a great group of people around him. And I think there's going to be a lot to learn from how he's handling the adversity here. And then to wrap up the series, we're going to take a look at a youth sporting organization that could very well be the poster organization for how to set up safe operations, getting their players engaged, active, and improving amid the strict COVID safety guidelines. We're going to talk with competitive technical coach Kelly Hodson of the Scottish United Soccer Club about how they've gone to great lengths to support their players and families and create a safe environment for all of their people as they get back at it in this very different COVID landscape. 
they might be one of the best groups to watch to see if Dr. Holt's COVID technical advantage actually becomes a reality on the other side of this COVID madness. That's something we'll talk to Kelly about as we get a look at how an organization can operate in the best possible way during these troubling times. Great conversation coming up there. So let's get after it. Episode two of our series, Class C, The Kids of COVID. I'm really happy to introduce our good friend, player agent Manny Schmidt from Link Management International. Manny, welcome back to the show. Glad you can make it. Jeff, always fantastic to uh, to be with you, uh, to share in your insights, and uh, be part of uh, be part of the great work you do with uh, with Crush Performance. Yeah, well, thanks for that. And this is a very important discussion, a little off the lines of what we've uh, talked about in the past when we've had you on. But um, this, of course, is our special looking at Class C, the kids of COVID, and we're talking about the impact. The shutdown, the change in lifestyles having on our youth, and in particular, really excited to bring you on to look at the athlete side of things because, you know, we look back to what's happened over this last year, kids who are, of course, missing their graduations and, and, and you know, sort of milestones in their lives, and some of them very, very important. Uh, but when I look at some of the things that have happened in sports when it comes to the draft or the kids in their final year of university missing maybe their once and only shot to be involved in March Madness in collegiate basketball or, right. you know, getting that scholarship or, you know, um, um, I'm getting that national team, the Olympics being turned down. So, you know, with everything that's going on, there's other discussions to have here. And I just really was excited to get you on to start sharing some insights with everybody, the parents, the coaches, and certainly the athletes out there who are all going through these troubling, troubling times, Manny. Yeah, no, Jeff, uh, thanks for the opportunity. It, uh, uh, it, it's an important conversation. Uh, you know, I think to take a look at um, the impact and, and some of those side effects that you just talked about, but then also ensure that you extend that to what, how do you support those impacts? Because there are some real ramifications that we're seeing um, that people are dealing with. Uh, and certainly, you know, and not least is is the actual, you know, impact of of COVID itself and, and the people that have been negatively impacted or lost people. Um, you know, that's at the severest level. But 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 the the side effects now that that we're seeing at uh, you know, and I love the fact that you took it and are focusing on the youth element because I think that the side effect um, that this is having. Uh, is not going to be short-term and it's going to require some long-term solutions for sure. Yeah. And to have that foresight and sort of that long-term vision here, Manny is going to be incredibly important for everybody. We tend to be fairly reactive and that, and that's life. And then maybe that's even human per se, but I think in this unprecedented time, um, we need to have a long game here, maybe more than ever. And you and I have talked about the long game when it comes to planning out the career paths of the athletes at link management or looking at athletes in general. You know, when, when we look at our communities, it doesn't matter around the world from our, our top level pro sports to the developmental leagues, to the high school and collegiate type athletes, right down to recreational and community athletes. Everybody has been in, in, impacted. Um, you know, my daughter plays on a community soccer team. It's U17 girls. And these girls, the team was, the outdoor season was shut down. It was a devastating experience. This is a tight group of girls who've been playing together for, for nine years. And uh, to see firsthand the impact it had on these young, young people um, was really alarming to me. 
And then to talk to some of the more elite athletes who are training for Ironman when every single Ironman race was canceled due to COVID. And not to mention um, athletes that, that fall under, under your umbrella, Manny. These, these young athletes who have dedicated their lives and all their efforts to chasing down the dream of collegiate professional sports um, to have that door slammed in their faces. Boy, I don't even know where to start this conversation, Manny, because we've never had it before. But, but, but where, where are we at right now? You know, with your guys, your pro guys, your aspiring athletes, um, what's the message that, that you guys are sending? Yeah, that's that's a great uh, um, point, Jeff. And I, I love the the element that you talked about in terms of looking at the long game. And I, I think that's probably the best way to start. Is you know, you and I have talked about this in the past, and I, I don't think it you know, could ever be more true than now. Where you know, our strategy to begin this process with our players is okay. Let's manage the present and plan the future. Um, now that's pretty t- hard to do when the future is so uncertain in so many regards. Um, but you can't negate that. You still got to stay focused on it. And so I think we still work with that tug of war of let's make sure that we manage the present, uh, and then plan the future. You know, the biggest thing that I've seen Jeff is, um, one is missing of milestones. I mean, athletes are all about milestones, they focus on milestones. Milestones is what motivates them, what gets them going. It's the, um, you know, the, the the celebrating through a milestone. And so many of these milestones, uh, athletes have been uh, robbed of, have been taken away from. You know, I think of, um, and I know you, uh, you know, uh, uh, James is part of uh, your discussion on this as well. But, you know, as a 20-year-old in, in major junior, here's a player that has spent, um, five years in one organization has just integrated himself into the community and and become a big part of the community, and you know the community's getting excited about celebrating his uh, his success and 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 how he has become a tiger, and all of a sudden all of that's gone. That that last game in Medicine Hat is is gone, and you never get that back. And you know, you think about graduations and you think about the NHL draft and you think about Olympic athletes who train like crazy for that four-year sprint and it's all of a sudden not there. I mean, these are these are having impacts not on a sport level, but at a deep emotional, intellectual level that uh, is scarring some of these athletes. And now we got to figure out, one, how to manage it and then how to plan through it. Yeah, we're talking with Manny Schmidt, the founder, president, and CEO of Link Management International. Manny, really important stuff. There's no question about it. There are psychological ramifications here that are going to run deep and long, depending on the person, of course. And I, I really like the idea of, of you know, manage the present and look to the future. I think that's a really, really good way to go because, you know, we talk about it on the show all the time. You have to understand what your controllables are. And fortunately, in this landscape, as you mentioned, there are so many things out of our control. And frankly, this has never happened before. So even our decision makers are struggling and doing the best they can to make the decisions for the better good of all, which might mean sacrifices down the line. And and I guess maybe that's where these conversation comes in. N- knowing that you're not alone out there. Everybody's in the same boat. I think that's a strong message to send to everybody right now. And then looking at what you can do 
Uh, and we've been from day one in Crush Performance, we've been really, really trying to promote this. Hey, take advantage of the shutdown. Taking advantage of the right. shutdown because behind every single issue problem, as cliched as this might sound, there's an opportunity. And for me here, seriously, for our athletes, there's a massive opportunity to address things you would never get to address if if sport were going on as usual. Right. Absolutely. One of the things that we've talked often about and we reinforce heavily with our clients is, you know, because I mean, athletes deal with adversity at all levels. Right. I mean, it's injury I mean, just part of part of sport. And we've always tried to preach to our uh, to our athletes that uh, that um, opportunity is simply the other side of adversity. Um, look at adversity, turn it over and create the opportunity. And I think. Um, in this case, wow. I mean, never when you started thinking about adversity did you think, well, we're going to have a global pandemic and how can I use that? But yet, you are 100% correct that um, there is opportunity within the midst of this adversity. Now, here's the challenge that I'm, you know, that we're seeing with some of our athletes. Athletes are typically, um, high performance athletes um, are very much rhythm based. They're routine based. They love structure. They, you know, they perform based on structure. Um, they get up. They go to the rink. They go through practice. They do their skills. They do their stretching. They get their meals, and it's it's all. I mean, they enhance their performance by maintaining that level of structure. All of a sudden, you get within a 24-hour time frame, you get thrown into this new world where all of that is gone. You don't have that structure. You're sitting at home. You're waiting for your gym to open. You're, tr you're trying to figure out how do I now train in my basement. Um, I can't get on the ice. I can't. And so all of that rhythm that they're used to is all of a sudden um, out of their control and, frankly, isn't even existing. And so now they're trying to figure out, you know, well, now I'm lost. What do I do? And we've had, we've had some situations where guys really need to talk through that because it's having, um, you know, emotional uh, impact on them because they've never had to deal with something like that before. It's no question. I think um, uh, one of the things that I love about how you guys operate there at Link Management is um, the deep, unfettered conversations that go on. And there's no rules, there's no bars, there's no limits. And I think in this time, if we look at, you know, supporting our youth, and again, our, our Class C, the kids of COVID, we're really focusing on those high school seniors that are at a critical time in their development and an exciting time as well. This should be one of the most exciting times of their life. The grade 11, grade 12 students, the graduating classes in college and you know, our young professionals who are just on the cusp of going to the next level, whether it's, you know, representing their countries at the Olympics or, or breaking into the professional ranks. Um, this is all on hold now. And that is tough as hell, man. Like I, I really mm. feel for some of these, these, no, I feel for all of them, every single one of them, because I'm, I'm close to some of them right now. And I've seen what they're going through conversations right now are critically important and understanding who your team is, your parents, the coaches, agents like yourself and the support staff around you, the, the trainers, your teammates, and the administration of the teams and organizations you're working with. So that, that two-way street of communication coming from the organizations are, you know, our leading health experts in the country. The communication has been sometimes good, sometimes not so good. When communication is not good, boy, boy, it sure can send uh, a dark cloud over a lot of people. Yeah, you're you're totally right. You know, I think the element of communication 
may now become the most important training mechanism or, or performance activity you do is communicate, talk, engage. Um, because isolation uh, creates big issues. And so we, we're just really focused in on one, getting the guys active again, trying to build routines and rhythms back into their daily uh, practices. But most importantly, and you just touched on it, is just creating um, open, welcoming environments to have conversations. I mean, we've we've literally tripled um, the uh, the number of mental performance guys that uh, that we have engaged in our organization. Not because our guys necessarily need it, but just to create pathways of regular communication and conversations with them that allow them to talk, to allow them to express what they're feeling, to allow them to talk about, hey, this is what I'm worried about. Um, because if we can address those things before they start to fester and before they grab, um, you know, as we talk about grab grabbing the soul of a player, if we can get it before that, then we can actually turn it into some opportunity. We can talk through how to make that a driving force for the future instead of a paralyzing um, a result for your present. Yeah, really interesting. It's going to be great coming up on this series. We're going to be talking to some of these young athletes who are living this experience right now. We're going to have students as well, Manny, high school students, seniors, uh, right. just just students in high school. And we're going to talk to them about what they're feeling and, and what they're facing right now. I mean, and it's not just the athletes, of course. If you think about um, – um, um, the the music students, the, the kids who are into band or or into the, the hardcore science and the big science fairs and science competitions. Think about the drama kids and the plays being canceled. This is impacting everybody in unprecedented ways. And I think you know um, this conversation right here. Um, goes well, well beyond sport. It's moving ahead with purpose. And that communication is so critical. Just like in sport, nobody does it alone. You can't even think you're going to do it alone. You have to surround yourself with people you trust, who you like, who have similar ideas and thoughts. It's also good to have people around you who challenge your thought process as well. And and that's all part of moving forward with purpose. And, and I think right now, if we can all sort of focus, you know, as you mentioned in this uncertain future that we're looking at we don't know when a vaccine's coming we don't know when things might return to normal if they ever will it's going to be a different normal for sure uh, but if we can move forward with purpose until then i think a lot of good things can happen right you know it, it's it's not necessarily the uh, um you know the kids of covid but directly connected like one of the things that we've found is um because the families of high performance athletes and i, I shouldn't just qualified to just high performance athletes because i think this would go across the board but you know from our context you know with the athletes we deal with those families the parents are so invested in the milestones of their uh, of their of their kids um you know that big tournament the draft the um and as you indicated you know from an educational standpoint even just being able to celebrate the graduation and and see your child walk across the stage that unique dynamic that every parent looks forward to that the kids look forward to is now gone. And so I think, you know, those are the pieces um, that we're dealing with from a communication standpoint, I would say this is how we have rephrased because, you know, one of the things that you hear almost on a daily basis is, well, it's going to give the new, it's going to be the new normal. And what we've started to talk about with our athletes, with our families is instead of talking about the new normal, 
what's the new possible? Ooh, what is the it. new possible going to be it. by looking at this new environment? Because it is a reality. It's not going to go away. So let's look at it as a possibility instead of just you know a, a, a reality that's going to define us. Let's take the opportunity to define it. The new possible done. I stand corrected, and my course is all obviously just uh, taking a nice a nice shift in the right direction. I love that, Manny. The new possible, very very important perspective right there. Yeah, it uh, it's changed. It's amazing the energy that brings in when you put that in front of an athlete or you're sitting with a family, and you say, "Hey, this is a reality." But let's just talk about the new possible for a minute. It just changes the entire context, the energy, the emotion of the next half hour, hour of what that conversation could be. And and to me, I think that's where you put purpose back into the discussion. All right. I love that. That is uh, such a powerful thing. That is going to be on our social media, Manny, when this uh, when this special airs here for sure. Now, listen, your guys um, and a lot of your athletes inside of Link Management are uh, approaching critical, critical uh, milestones in their development, whether it is signing their first pro contract, whether it's ID camps, whether it's, you know, getting that college scholarship. Well, we know the college waters are muddied. Nobody's sure what's going to happen there. We certainly don't even know what the... uh, um, uh, professional hockey landscapes can look like, leave alone the NHL, though I have to say the NHL has done a tremendous, tremendous yes, job to give us yep. hockey. I mean, how important was it, you know, beyond the business side? Let's just leave the business side uh, and the reality of the dollars and cents aside right now. But in terms of the psychology and the mentality of our of our society, to see these guys and in, in, in the dedication that the administration and organizations have had to uh, bring us pro sports, and then of course the dedication of the players to go into the bubbles and leave their families and 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 compete at the highest level uh, for the fans. Boy, oh boy, what what a tremendous thing that is! Yeah, that that is significant in so many different ways, Jeff. And again, put all of the you know the logistical and financial elements aside, the impacts on a societal level especially in a society that, you know, is almost cultish or I would, I mean, I'm not, probably not even almost, I would say is cultish <laughs> Agreed. around their sports, yeah. right, around their hockey. And to be able to see that being played again um, is, not a, is not a recreational um, or an entertainment element as much anymore as it is, oh, okay, maybe we are coming out of this. Maybe there is, a, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe some things can happen. And, uh, and it starts to build, a, you know, it's a small step, but it starts to build some forward momentum that I think can be far reaching, whether it's, an, you know, at, uh, at the relational family levels and starting to get out or the business levels or wherever it might be, it starts to build a little momentum to see. So seeing those guys on the ice, um, man, I, I think that uh, they never imagined that they would be role models in this way, but they certainly are. Yeah, no question. We're talking with Manny Schmidt, the founder, president, and CEO of Link Management International. So, Manny, for your guys, and I know for your players, a lot of your players who are on the cusp of major milestones, um, I can't imagine what seeing those guys hitting the ice meant to them. Uh, the hope, light at the end of the tunnel, everything you just talked about. But but I can't wait to talk to James about how powerful that was for him. But, but what have you seen with, with your athletes? Yeah, it, it it does, it has created that momentum that I was referring to. 
um, all of a sudden that reality of, okay, maybe, you know, it's getting closer. I need to start training harder. It's, you know, and we've been pushing that all along, but there is a difference when you start seeing it. And so um, I think the inspiration that it has brought about, uh, it starts to take the focus away from what I have lost and starts to place the focus, and that's what we've experienced with our guys, is that they're starting to to focus now on what will be. And I think that, uh, that's that been – it's been exciting. I've been you know pleased to see it, it, to be able to start having those conversations, to be able to talk about um, you know things that they love doing. Hey, did you see that play? Well, we haven't been able to talk about that for months upon months, but now we're starting to talk about it, and it's, it's creating that – that small step of motivation of inspiration to getting them back to what they do best. Yeah. And that's an exciting thing for sure. And there's the whole other side of this too, Manny, you know, when we look at, of course, the, uh, let's talk about the, just the, the length of career for when we look at, right. at, at, at athletics and sport. I mean, there's, a, there's a relatively small window not to bring in the dark side of this whole thing, but there's also realities here that we need to consider in, in the big picture. And part of that is um, some of the, the urgency that that's involved in pro professional mm-hmm. sports. And I w- really wanted to get your perspective on that because uh, there's not a, 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 a parent or a performance team or a player that you're involved with. that's not aware of this, this type of urgency. Yeah. The unique part of this is, and I think that the part that that people outside of, you know, the business side and career management side probably don't uh, don't grasp, is the limited window that these athletes um, exist within. Now, the unique part of that is. If they miss a season, let's say we write off a season, it's it's not like you take one season out of the window. There are exponential implications that one season may actually translate into five years of a player's career where he could have maybe extended another three to five years, but because they've missed a season, that actually gets down to maybe one or zero. Um, right, And so there are exponential implications that... Uh, that take a take effect when something like this pulls an athlete out or when there's a complete stop like this. I mean, we've seen it previously during the lockouts um, uh, where that was somewhat, pl- you know, I wouldn't say planned, but you could forecast it. You could, right. but in this case, literally within 24, 36 hours, these players' lives changed and all of a sudden they're dealing with exponential um, window or career longevity uh, situations that they never even considered prior to those 36 hours. Yeah, no, no, it's incredible. And to, to for a young athlete who's dedicated, as you said, in the routine, in the groove and, and on that path, on their pathway, executing, adapting and moving down their milestone pathway. Um, boy, boy, uh, t- to wrap your head around that, it's pretty tough. Now, I will say this in sport, it's a pretty level playing field everybody shut down except for our pro guys and and i think that's been right. if anything else it's been encouraging and and hopefully uh motivating for everybody when we take the high school kids mm-hmm. and let's go back to that conversation about those the the march madness for example 
That is a 100% irreplaceable experience, leave alone window of development. I mean, if yeah. we look at what these high school seniors are going into this year, I mean, based on what this, 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 the year is going to look like, you're going to go to school. The classes have changed. There's going to be no extracurricular work. You're not going to be able to hang out in the lounge with your pals and just joke around and shop and develop as young adults. Um, there's a lot of things, man, going on that we're going to miss. And, and of course, uh, for our athletes, there's, there's opportunities behind here that we can really latch on to, really developing yourselves, really rounding out the athletes. And, and, and there's going to be a big opportunity for those who are ready when sport returns. But then there's those irreplaceable windows of opportunity and, and dealing with that. Um, everybody's in the same boat. So I guess the, the strong message here is everybody, you're not alone. Nobody's alone here. Uh, we have to right. find a way to make the most of it as, as crappy as it really truly is. Yeah. And, and again, that it, it's, it's interesting how it keeps coming back to that is you got to figure out how to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, right. It, it's about mindset, right? And you and I have talked about this so often about, you know, not just on an athletic basis, but um, how you approach life and the success that you achieve is directly related to the mindset that you attack it with. And I think, you know, whether you focus on that missed opportunity and, and let's not, you know, let's not minimize it because those are significant. Like, I mean, to, you know, you're in line for, you know, the final four, or the NCAA, like all of those are massive, massive opportunities for seniors for that they can never recapture. So um, it, it, the reality is it, it's tough to get over that, but the ability to, to get over it is what is going to differentiate you and still give you an opportunity for success. And, and I think that is, you know, boils down to, we've mentioned it a number of times in this conversation is the mindset approach that you have is going to dictate the level of opportunity you receive. Yeah. And mindset for the most part, if you really get down to it. If you have the right people around you, that's something you can form, mold, and change and control for the large part. Absolutely. I mean, you we you mentioned it earlier, Jeff, where you said you know it's about controlling the controllables and and uh, and eliminating or you know um, erasing and, and taking them out of your mind the uncontrollables. Well, mindset is one of those things that you can control if you have the right people around you, you have the right support systems around you. Um, you can control that mindset. And, and, and I think that's, if we can focus on that, we can support our athletes and our families and our um, kids to, to, you know, go in that direction and to, to uh, try to maintain a positive approach. I think um, the outcome will be better for, better for us. It'll create a, um, an exciting future for us as bleak as it may seem now sport will return life will return at the end of the day i think manny in the big picture we're all going to be better off for this uh experience uh if this ever happens again we're going to have a better idea of how to handle it for sure um and uh again for everybody who's out there just knowing you're not alone and there's help out there is really really important manny schmidt Listen to me one more time. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your insights and everything you're doing for your athletes and sport in general, my man. I uh, really, really appreciate you and everything uh, the group at Link Management International is doing over there. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate that. Value you and 
the amount of value and passion that you bring for um, performance in general. Uh, and uh, that extends, you know, not just into the athletic realm, and I know the impact that you have in so many different areas. So thanks for the work you're doing and look forward to just continuing this relationship and uh, uh, being part of the crush movement going forward. Onwards, Manny Schmidt, onwards. Sport will return and we'll be ready. Sure as hell, my friend. Excellent. All right. Thanks, Manny Schmidt. Thank you. There you go, everybody. A great, great conversation with Manny Schmidt, the founder and managing partner of Link Management International. Such good stuff. You know, simple little things that are so, so powerful. That's what it's all about. I mean, think about it. Just managing the present, planning for the future. You know, it seems like common sense. You know, it seems like something that we should all just naturally do, but we don't. We get caught up in looking down the road or worrying about what might happen. And we're not really taking care of what's what's going on right now. And that happens across the board. And if you go back and listen to some of our conversations with Jim Fannin and Jacques Delaire, very, very similar messages. Staying in the moment is incredibly important. And then as a landscape changes, being able to adapt, that is a skill. It's a skill of a true professional and top performer. That is something you have to master. So on the other side of this COVID thing with everything else that's been going on, maybe we all learn how to deal with adversity in terms of perspective, in terms of you know how to make adjustments. It might be a, another positive that comes out of this for sure. Man, we have to thank Manny for that conversation. So many good things to share there and to take away. Well, when we come back, we're going to get into another very important conversation. And this is one for every single athlete at every level, every coach, every parent, every administrator. We're going to talk with one of my all-time favorite young professional athletes, James Hamlin, right after this on Crush Performance as we carry on with our special series, Class C, The Kids of COVID, right after this. This is Crush Performance. If you have questions, comments, or smart remarks, write to us at crushperformance.com. Hey, welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Kershell. Listen, if you have any questions, comments, or smart remarks, <laughs> get, get them to us. We love them all. We answer every message we get. And by the way, if you have something you'd like us to investigate, a topic or an idea, or some research, some science, some issues you might be having, let us know. We may dedicate a segment or an entire episode to your idea. Regardless, we answer every single message we get. So if you need some help, uh, we will do our best to reach out and help you in the best way possible. Today, we are continuing on with episode two of our special series, Class C, The Kids of COVID, looking at how the shutdown has impacted our youth and our young athletes. And again, the focus here is mainly our seniors in high school and college and our elite junior and semi-pro and Olympic athletes and all the hardships they've been going through as the landscape is changing right before our eyes and it continues to change. Have we been doing enough to support them? How are they dealing with it? And are there long-term implications to this shutdown, good and perhaps bad? Of course, we're all very, very acutely aware of the brutal consequences of the COVID virus and the impact it's had on so many people in terms of loss of life and, of course, the economic impact it's had on business and many, many families around the world. There's not a person who hasn't been impacted in some way, shape, or form by this pandemic. And that is a powerful thing to say. If you think about the world and the vastness of this globe, to think that this pandemic has reached and impacted everybody, wow, 
So we've got to band together to get through this thing, to help each other, support each other. That's what this series is all about. Episode one was getting some context with uh, high school seniors straight from the source. How have they been dealing with it? What have they been going through? What's it done to that age group? Kids getting, going into grade 11, grade 12, such an important time in life as they get set for the next chapter. How has it impacted our university seniors who have to maybe put their lives on hold or make some massive adjustments as they look to their futures? And how in the world has it impacted our athletes, all athletes, recreational warriors, young developing athletes, but maybe even more so those athletes who have chosen the high performance pathways in sport, our semi-pros, our junior players, our Olympic athletes. Oh boy. Well, again, sharing, talking, and working through this together is going to be the key. And that's what this series is all about. And I'm really, really happy to introduce right now one of my all-time favorite young athletes. I've known James and his family for quite some time. I've seen everything they've gone through and everything that James has done as a young professional and as a young adult now, young man go, coming into himself, signing a pro contract. There's a lot to learn from people who have been through it and are going through it. And sometimes these conversations can just be very helpful. So I'm very, very proud to introduce James Hamlin. James, hey, welcome to the show. So glad to have you on. Yeah, hi, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. No, our pleasure. I was actually really looking forward to having you on, James. Of course, you know, uh, we're, we're working on our series Class C, the kids of COVID, looking at primarily seniors in high school, seniors in college, and the young professional athletes who are making their way through the ranks. And uh, you came to mind almost immediately um, when this whole thing came down, because I know you were heading into your final year in the WHL with the Medicine Hat Tigers. And of course, uh, congratulations on the two-year contract with the uh, Bakersfield Condors. Uh, but you're at a real critical time in your career as well. And I just really wanted to get you on to talk about, uh, as a young athlete, how, how you're dealing with everything, James. And so so first off, congratulations. And um, um, I'm looking forward to getting your insights here today. Yeah, thank you. Um it's it's obviously been a challenge, uh, especially missing out on the last little bit of the season. That's that's tough as a twenty year old in the Western Hockey League, uh, just because you get you miss out on, on so many amazing things as, as a farewell and also as um, as a leader on a team that had a chance to go somewhere. That's tough. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've noticed uh, as an athlete being through it and seeing other guys is it's just how it's really thrown off kind of the rhythm of, of what we do in an off season. Right. Um, I mean, if you think about it, usually we finish the season in, in April, May, whenever it is, uh, we take time off. We kind of start maybe getting back into it after a while into, into the gym, June, July comes around. We kind of get back on the ice. Then August rolls around and we kind of ramp it up for, for camp uh, leading into September. Uh, but, but with everything going on right now, it's it's hard to know what that end date is in order to to peak for that time, right? So we're trying to peak for a time that we don't really know when it is. Right now, uh, a tentative start date is December, but it's tentative, right? So we're trying to peak for November technically, but what if November comes and, and now it's January at the start date, right? So that that's kind of the biggest obstacle that I've, I've seen as an athlete. Yeah, no. And that's really important uh, to put in context as well. Just the unknowing can sometimes be the most frustrating thing. 
you know, if there was a, a, a an endpoint or a, a real specific target you could shoot for, it makes planning and strategies so much more easier. But, you know, you said something really, really important here, James, you know, missing just those important milestones. You're going into your final year with the Tigers, of course, being a leader on that team. Um, you're ranked third overall in the WHL in scoring, and you became a real part of that community in Medicine Hat. Leave alone uh, what you meant to the team. And much like our our college graduates who missed their graduation or our high school kids who missed their graduations, those are important, irreplaceable times in life. And, you know, not to reflect back and feel bad about it, but but, you know, those are things just to recognize. And I think sometimes just talking about those things can, can be helpful. Do you agree with that? Yeah, hundred percent. It's, it's exactly like a graduation or something like that. It, it's that send off that you kind of miss. Um, I know for me or guys in the league that are twenties, we didn't know that, that that was our last game, right? Usually you get to go into it and you get a final, farewell kind of game it's it's a it's almost a celebration um for me i was there for five years and it's just it's over in a flash you, you don't get to say goodbye you don't get to, to do anything you don't get to say goodbye really to teammates coaches uh management owners that have looked after you for five years it's it's not even a high five it's just <laughs> it's a see you later so that's really tough but i think you have to try to take take the positives away. Um, so for me, I kind of look at it as I had a great opportunity over the five years. Um, and I can just, I can be proud of, of the culture that I left there. Um, it's, it's tough to look at this final season and go with a win. It was a loss. It was great, but I can just be happy with, with how I left Mesonar. Oh, James, such a powerful statement, you know, looking at the positives, taking away the positives of what happened. That's just great context, I think, for any athlete, for any young person out there, but also in terms of parents and coaches and, you know, everybody's dealing with the issues that, that COVID has presented here. And of course, we're we're fully recognizing the real serious implications in loss of life around the world, the impact on the economy and business and the finances of families and friends. Um, there's really, really serious things going on, but these conversations here and how it's impacting our youth and our athletes um, is also a very, very important conversation. And sometimes that's really important, that conversation part. You know, in sport, Hammy, you're part of this through Link Management and Manny and that entire support structure there. Your family has been absolutely behind you the entire way. Coaches, teammates, you have this team around you that you can rely on and talk to. Um, have you been communicating with everybody? What have the conversations been like, and how important has that been for you and possibly them as well? Yeah, having that, like you said, that that community around you of people that that care about you want want the most for you is is super important going forward. But I think the biggest part of that is actually using them. Right? Um, I find a lot of people have that community, have those people around them, but they're sometimes a little bit too afraid to actually go and, and use those resources. Um, an example for me, I'm kind of trying to figure out what's, what's next in this, in this off season. Um, and it's really difficult, right? It's, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, I got eight different skates I could go to. What's going to help me the most. Should I be skating right now? How should my training be? Right? Like it's a lot of questions that I don't know. Um, but I have that community around me that, that has more of those answers. So I can go to my trainer and, and be like, Hey, Barry, uh, I, I work with Barry Butt here in Edmonton. I can go to him and be like, Hey, what, what do you think I should do moving forward? I can go to Manny. I should say, Hey, what do you think I should do moving forward? 
Um, but having those conversations, going out and trying to get as many uh, good opinions as possible and trying to piece together uh, what works is, is really good for your, for your mental psych moving forward and, and for building a plan moving forward as well. Yeah, I'm talking with James Hamlin, former captain of the Medicine Hat Tigers, just signed a two-year contract with the Bakersfield Condors of the American Hockey League. Um, I really like that, James. And and I think that's really, really important to use those people around you. Uh, Barry's been on the show before, and Barry is just a really important person in the hockey world, guiding young players through their offseason and career planning. Uh, really good. We know we know what Manny and the guys at Link Management do for their clients as well. Outstanding stuff. Family's really important as well. I mean, that is, if there was ever a home team, the family's the home team. And as much as our youth are struggling, I think sometimes parents are struggling as well. I'm struggling as a, as a parent. And that's one of the inspirations behind this series. Class C, the kids of COVID as my youngest daughter is going into her grade 12 year in high school, I'm, I'm seeing what these young people are dealing with and how hard it is for them. And sometimes as a parent, um, uh, I find myself having trouble uh, communicating maybe the right things to help her out as well. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm not a parent, so I'm not in that position quite yet, but uh, I am a brother to, to a really high competitive gymnast um, who, who's 16 and, and going through um, a lot of things just, just as a person. Um, so I find the biggest thing there is, is to just be there for them. Right. Um, they have all those kind of conversations going through their head as well. Uh, they have to get ready for school um, and what that looks like. And, and that can be scary. It can be frustrating. So um, just being someone that they can, they can talk to and turn to. Um, and, and I mean, you just, you kind of bounce ideas off each other and just having those conversations, it, it goes a long way for, for everyone. Yeah, I think you're right, um, James. And, you know, just, just, just having people in your corner and knowing you're not alone in this and nobody's alone. This is a global pandemic. I don't think there, there's not a person on the planet that hasn't been impacted one way or another. And that's, that's something pretty powerful to say right there. Yeah, it is exactly. Everyone's, everyone's going through this together, whether you're an athlete or not, it's, you're probably in a similar situation. Um, so, so going through and, and using each other to, to try and help you get to that next step. And then, I mean, when I was talking about trying to find an answer for, for what to do moving forward, the thing is there, there really isn't much of an answer yet, right? No one's really gone through this before. So we're all trying to, to piece together what's the best option moving forward. Um, but like, like we've been saying, we're doing that together as a collective and not just as an individual. Yeah, no, you're, yeah, you're so right. No. And I, I love, absolutely love that, you know, from the very start of this, when this started getting serious and, and the world started shutting down right before our eyes, um, James, um, on our show and to our clients and athletes, we were really, really encouraging this and framing this up and framing it up as an important word because we were serious about framing this up as an opportunity, because I do believe for our athletes, especially there is a massive opportunity here to work on things that you normally wouldn't work on. If the competitive ebb and flow of, of a season were, were running as usual. And, and, and I think that's something that's really helped a lot of athletes out our athletes for sure. How about you on that, on that perspective? Yeah. Having, having the mindset of, of taking this, this time as an opportunity and seeing in what ways you can uh, can better yourself, whether that is as an athlete or as as a person, uh, that that's probably the best way to look at it, in my opinion. Um, because if if you sit here and you just go, okay, well, this isn't going right, I can't do this, I can't do that, 
mentally, I feel you're not going to be in a great place uh, to get better. Um, and then going into ne- the next season uh, or, or whatever it is, you're not going to be in that right headspace. And, and you probably wouldn't have actually gone through this summer uh, and gotten better, right? You, you would have just sat there and been, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, instead of taking the, the time to, to look at what opportunities you have uh, and use them and, and make yourself better in that respect. Yeah. Yeah. And have you been attacking it? Well, I shouldn't have bad question. I'll, let's ax that. I'm going to, I'm going to retract that and ask that question. Um, what has been your approach? Uh, Hammy, what, what, what areas of your game have you been working on? Have you been getting on the ice? I know working with Barry on your, your, uh, athlete side of things, the strength and conditioning has been really, really important, but, um, and I know this has probably changed for you over this, this length of time, but, but what was your initial attacking point when, when you knew this was shut down? I think when I knew it was shut down, uh, for me, it was taking some time, uh, to, to reflect on, on what I had accomplished in, in WHL, uh, taking some time just to, to give my body a break, uh, then really just ramping it up, uh, physically trying to get stronger. I mean, I'm making a, a huge jump going from, from junior to pro. Um, so I know how much of a, a burden that's going to be on me physically. So, trying to get myself to a level where I know I can, I can compete on the ice and it not be a problem. Um, and then, I mean, when it comes to, to on ice stuff, just, just the usual trying to get my shot where it is trying to get quicker here and there. Um, again, it's, it's a big jump for me. So I'm trying to use this, this time, this opportunity, like we talked about before, uh, to try and sharpen those skills that, so I can make that jump from junior to pro. Yeah. Fantastic stuff. I love the concept of working with purpose, James. Hey, one more thing before we let you go here. Um, there has been a massive, massive commitment around the world. And I say commitment in the most uh, dearest terms possible in the way possible, um, because we all know that pro sports is a business. At the end of the day, it's entertainment and there's dollars and cents involved. But let's put the business side and the dollars and, and cents aside. And let's look at the commitment of the organization's um, who have made pro sport possible. We have, of course, European soccer. We have baseball in Asia that really started things off. And then here in North America, the NHL kicked things off with the NBA and Major League Baseball following suit. Um, as, a, as a young athlete, as an aspiring athlete, making that transition from junior to pro, how important was it for you, Hammy, to see professional sport and, and namely for you, uh, to see the NHL guys in action was, was that a, was that a beacon for you in a way, or was it just, Hey, business as usual. How did it impact you? I, I took it more as, uh, almost a break mentally, just being able to see that, um, things are back to, to normal a little bit. I think a lot of people took it that way as well. Um, it just, it gives me an out to, to watch the game I love and watch it at the highest level. Like I can learn from it as well. Um, I can watch these NHL games, sit down and, um, and just learn from, from the greats. But uh, it's just, it's giving me that mental break saying, Oh, maybe, maybe the world will get back to get back together and, and, and running here soon enough. So it gives me another, another hope or more fuel to, to keep training and, and keep progressing to where I want to get to. Yeah, I like it, James. Well, best of luck to you. Hey, thanks so much for coming on today. Really, really insightful advice from um, from a young professional who's living living this this whole COVID um, um, world that we're living in. So really want to thank you for coming on today, sharing so candidly. And good luck, man, moving forward, stepping up to the pros. We'll be watching with great interest, James. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. You bet.
Okay, great conversation right there with James Hamlin, one of my all-time favorites, and you can understand why after hearing that. But here's a young pro, a young man that's wise beyond his years. He's had great people around him. He's matured and figured out how to work his way through the professional sporting landscape. And uh, it'll be fun to watch him grow and see how far he can take it. It's going to be total fun. But his attitude through this whole shutdown, man, take the positives away. How about that? You know, you got to take everything and just walk away with the positives. Focus on the positive stuff and move forward. And again, some of this stuff sounds like logic and common sense, but unless you're acting on it, unless you're actually doing it, boy, oh boy, this stuff can, can eat you alive. So i got to thank James for that conversation. That is some really, really great stuff. Again, like our conversation with Ellie in our first episode, here's a conversation straight from the source. Somebody who's living through this hardships and how they're dealing with it to get some perspective and help us all, you know, to hear that is really, really important, you know, to help us personally get through it and also to give us some context and how to maybe help the people around us get through it. James, so good. And good luck to you. We we'll look forward to uh, getting back on the ice and following you through your career there. All right. Coming up after the break, we're going to wrap up the conversation talking about organizations and organizational performance in this COVID time. As different as it's been for the individuals, imagine an organization trying to put together a program that's safe, functional, and actually helping their members out. Well, we're going to talk to Kelly Hodgson right after this about exactly that. And if you're part of an organization, if you run an organization, or if you're just a member of a sporting organization, these guys might be the poster organization for the COVID times. We'll lay it all out right after this as we wrap up our series, Class C, The Kids of COVID on Crush Performance, right after this. Stick around. This is Crush Performance, your weekly source for sport performance and athletic development information with Jeff Crushell. Get in the action and text Crush at 10-1260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. And welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. As we wrap up our two-part series, Class C, The Kids of COVID. Looking at the impact COVID and the shutdown has had on our youth and our athletes. We've been focusing more on the seniors in high school and university and our young developing professional and amateur athletes and everything they've gone through. But let's face it, COVID has in some way, shape, or form touched all of us. And working together is how we're going to get through this. And on the other side, maybe come out on top, be better prepared. And if this ever happens again, we're going to know exactly what we're doing. And let's face it, we've not been through anything like this. Collectively, we haven't dealt with anything like this. So, you know, we're shooting from the hip a little bit, uh, but there's been some good things that have come out of this. And through our conversations over the last couple of episodes here, you can see some of the wisdom that's prevailed and some of the things that we're looking for and some of the things we need to be aware of. And that's what it's all about, working together to get through this whole thing. Well, we're going to wrap up the series with a very important conversation because as important as it is to focus on the individuals, we're all part of something bigger. And as we head into the fall and kids return to school, universities start back up, Sporting organizations try to come up with some kind of a platform to get the kids out, engaged, active, and still developing. 
And I'm not talking just our youth kids. I'm talking about our kids and seniors in high school, our young developing semi-pro athletes and our Olympic athletes who have no idea what the hell is going on. Postponed, delayed, and potentially even canceled. How do you deal with something like that? Well, you're not alone. And in order to make all of this happen, it takes some great, great effort and some special people. And I'm very happy to introduce right now one of those special people who's part of an organization that could very well be the poster organization for how to operate in a pandemic. They have put together a platform that's given their members incredible confidence in their safety. And not only are they helping their athletes at every single level, by the way, get out, um, stay engaged, but get better at their craft. Very happy to introduce Kelly Hodson, competitive technical coach at the Scottish United Soccer Club. Kelly, so great to have you on as we wrap up our series here, Class C, the kids of COVID. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Well, you are one of our um, top targets as we set up our series here. Of course, we're looking at primarily seniors in high school, seniors in college, and the athletes who are aspiring out there, whether it's uh, a serious community athletes or, or minor junior pro uh, national team athletes. Um, there's nobody who hasn't been impacted by the influence of COVID-19. And of course, our parents, athletes, and students have been really, really challenged through these last few months here. Yeah, no, they certainly have. I mean, a, a lot of the sports that we've uh, been working with over the course of the last while is is has to do with kids returning to train. And uh with returning to train, there's a certain element about that, but of course it is, it is handcuffed a little bit with some restrictions, uh, you know, in regards to cohorts and, and otherwise. So it, it's a, certainly a different environment as kids return to sport. Yeah. And we're all dealing with it. So the good news here, I think might be that nobody's alone in this. There's not a person on this planet right now who hasn't been in, impacted one way or another by COVID-19. And when we start talking about our young athletes and our students, um, they're not alone. And I think that's a really important message to send right here, because I think, you know, as we look across the landscape, we can see many people getting lost in these troubled, weird, bizarre times. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I mean, um, you know, for, for a lot of people that are listening today, they, they're either in, involved in sport or, or they have somebody close to them that's involved in sport. And, and, um, and we can all, we can all write our own story. We've all been impacted by, by some extent. And, and, uh, you know, as we transition here now into September and, and we, you know, for some kids, that means going back to school and, and, uh, returning maybe to a different sport or thinking about a different sport is, is now, um, that takes on a new look as opposed to what it maybe did in the summer when you didn't have to factor in the school and or school sports, school team thing uh, that goes along with it. And that could be if you're in grade school or it could be if you're post-secondary. There, uh, there's a different menu for each of us. Yep, there sure is. We're talking with Kelly Hodson, who is a competitive technical coach with the Scottish United Soccer Club. Um, Kelly, in this series, we're going to be talking to high school students high school athletes. We're going to be talking to uh, minor pro athletes just to share their experiences and how they've been dealing with the shutdown. We're going to talk to player agents. We're going to talk to parents. We're going to talk to psychologists just to get a good feel and help everybody sort of frame this up and put everything into context. For me personally, and I know you and I have talked about this before, my youngest daughter is going into her senior year of high school. And of course, just uh, looking at all the rules and regulations as she heads into 
what should be a really, really fun, important time in her life. Um, she's very discouraged, as are her friends, looking at the the school landscape that they're going into. In in of course the big picture, we have to keep in mind the seriousness of this COVID issue. But we also behind the scenes, I think all need to be aware of the impact it's having on our youth. Sport is an incredibly important part of that. And uh, you guys at Scottish, I've been really, really interested to talk to you about as an organization, how you guys are going about keeping your members uh, engaged, uh, positive, and moving forward in this incredible time. Yeah, no, absolutely. Very proud of what our club's been able to achieve thus far. And and uh, it's been very mindful in the fact that how um, this has uh, impacted the mental health of, of kids and such. And, and you know, there's there's two trains of thought out there. One is you got to let the kids go back. Whatever happens just happens and, and we'll deal with that. And then the other one is you have to keep kids in a bubble and they can't be associated with any other group or, or any other members for fears that something uh something might happen. And so in there probably lies reality for, for most athletes. And, and for us at Scottish, um, we're really finding like our retention rate through the different phases of um, our return to train program has been amazing. And, and the enrollment is so really, really proud of the the team and, and the programming that we have there um, because it's, it's given people one um a satisfaction to their appetite of returning to sport, but also for the parents and the players themselves, um, a real confidence in our club to be able to, you know, respect social distancing and, and our coaches now wearing face masks and, and all the different things we can do to ensure that everybody is as safe as possibly can, but while also, you know, allowing the kids to be able to participate and, and uh, stay within, you know, their cohorts and stuff. And so we, I mean, we think about when we started, um, and we came back to return to train phase one was one player, one ball, one space, if you can imagine. And we had a, a really, really solid enrollment back from our membership of having kids come back and even kids that weren't with our club. We welcomed them in and, and, uh, and we, we work with our technical trainers and their coaches and, and, uh, we worked on, you know, again, one ball, one space, uh, and one player. And then that evolved into uh, allowing players to share a ball between a small group of people into a, a particular space. And, and now very happily, we're now into a phase three where we're, you can work within your cohort of 50 people and, and, um, players are getting the technical training and they're they're getting team training and then we're even you know because of our club and our facilities that we have at scottish we're um we're able to host a game once a week where the kids actually get to participate in a game-like environment uh within their cohort and uh um and it really you know really checks off a lot of boxes for the for the player well, Kelly, you're in an interesting position there. You've been involved with the club for a long time. You're also a parent of some pretty serious athletes and active young ladies there. Um, as a parent and, of course, as a coach, uh, sport aside, how how important has um, that gradual return to sport been, in your opinion, just on the just from the social implications of it. I mean, for me, it's been uh, for our girls, even at the community level of soccer, just getting them together uh, to be social and, and talk uh, was really important. Yeah. Incredibly important. So on the coach side, yeah, I mean, it was like Christmas when the kids came back to start training uh, at Scottish. You literally to be able to see each other and and even network with each other. I mean, these kids have been, for the most part, you know, locked up at home for those early phases of COVID and uh, only been able to chat through uh, social media or, or or text chat or whatever, and then actually being able to get to see each other and then and then sharing that passion um, 
uh, they have with in a combination that they have with sport and each other. Um, it was just really, really next level. And then, like I say, back to my earlier point about them being able to do that through the different phases and do that in a safe environment. I mean, the retention rate has been unbelievable, which you know we're hearing from maybe some other clubs that hasn't been quite the same. So um, that part's been good on the parent side. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a father to three daughters that love sport and um, and each com- uh, competed a uh, have competed at a very high level and and this has affected them all you know dramatically and um, you know for one of my daughters who would normally be training uh, in varsity right now and and getting ready for their upcoming season and, and that hasn't happened and um, so she's had to satisfy that bucket um, you know through a different vein and then so she's actually joined a, a different sport a flag football co-ed flag football team and that's her cohort right now and she's training soccer individually on her own and and uh, so that's how she's been able to satisfy and, and continue her training on the soccer side and staying up to a level and and then uh, she needed some some social some team you know, for her mental health. And, and uh, so she joined flag football. So, and, uh, and those, the story goes, my other two daughters, the same in their, in their own uh, way have found a way to, to stay uh, active and, and stay at the top of their game, whatever their respective sports are and, and, uh, and found a way to, um, you know, satisfy their mental health as well by, by staying part of a group, part of a team. And, and uh, you know, and, and it's, it's a difficult time for, for a lot of athletes out there. And, um, but I mean, a lot of kids are finding the way, which is great. Yeah, it sure is. We're talking with Kelly Hodson, uh, competitive technical coach with the Scottish United Soccer Club. Kelly, um, a, a couple of interesting points there I want to get to. One, you mentioned, of course, earlier that there's sort of two sides to the coin. One that, you know, hey, we got to get the kids back at all costs. And one, we got to keep them isolated at all costs. And um, in, even in my daughter's friend group and some of the athletes that I know, the parents are so afraid and rightfully so. Um, that the kids haven't been able to interact or even get out and, and socialize even with their friends. Um, sport has been a real, real important platform for a lot of families, especially with the cautious and gradual approach. It's been re- really, really important. But in terms of an organization, um, how are you guys addressing parent worries and even athlete worries and and giving them some confidence that, hey, moving forward, you know, there's ways we can deal with this safely? Yeah, and so the number one word is communication. Um, our administrative team and our technical team married well, well together, and we are constantly sending out communication to our members to be able to keep them uh, updated as to what's and apprised as to what we're doing, what our plans are. And and one of the things that, you know, at a cost to the parents is I talked about these games that they, the kids are able to participate in every week only within their cohort is uh, we've mandated no spectators. So that means that the um, parents are not able to go inside the dome and watch their kids play. And, you know, that's been a big challenge for a lot. And uh, um, but they understand the importance of of the benefit to the player and benefit to the child. And and, uh, you know, we we raised a few uh, or we addressed a few concerns at the beginning and stuff. But um, it's really worked out since, uh, since we've implemented it. Well, I like it. And, you know, from the standpoint of the athletes, talking about your daughters, our daughters, the athletes we're working with, um, it's incredibly important to get them back or at least connected to that community because that is their lifeline. And, you know, for a lot of these athletes who love sport, it's basically um, uh, their their personality. It's who they are. And and to be take to have that taken away is is devastating in a lot of regards. 
we could talk about the science students or the math students. We could talk about the kids who are um, working on uh, drama, for example. They're all in the same boat here. And, and I really like what you guys are doing, Kelly, because it gives us hope that there are strategies we can use to still make things happen. Though it's going to be different, um, we can still do a lot of good things if we frame it up properly. Yeah, I mean, COVID has a risk of affecting a lot, you know, and I don't want to minimize that. There's certainly some people's health and, and the economy and, and all of those things. People are, you know, losing their jobs and stuff. And, and there's a lot of things. But I mean, one of the greatest concerns that I have, of course, because my personal life and professional life both are impacted by sport um, and and seeing kids, you know, coaching for over 25 years in a variety of different sports is is the mental health of, of kids and playing. So, um you know, playing uh, in in the playgrounds is one thing. And those were closed at the beginning. And then we, you know, finally got the kids back to the playgrounds and stuff. And then we started to see you and I spoke earlier about uh, the kids starting to return and, and just playing, you know, basketball with their friends or street hockey with their friends. And that was a good thing, but we could sense very early that that wasn't going to be enough. And, you know, of course my concern is, is that as, as we navigate through COVID and, and these uncertain times is, is, a child not going back to sport at all. And of, uh, I mean, uh, we all know the benefits. I mean, Crush, we have talked at length over the years about the power of sport and the social aspect, the learning, the personal development, the association with team or how a player reacts or a person reacts to adversity and being challenged and, and what it's like to win and what it's like to lose and all of those things that surround that. And for me to think about for a fact that going forward, there could be a percentage and there will be a percentage of kids that decide to step away for, from sport for whatever reasons um, and not being able to enjoy those benefits is a, is a great concern of our society, I think, moving forward. And it's going to take one, it's going to take a while before we can probably rebound and see registration numbers uh, throughout sport back to once they, what they once were. Yeah, I agree, Kelly. And that's one of the reasons that we were so uh, passionate about putting together this series that uh, we're having people like you on. I mean, We'll be talking to a number of experts in different areas, but but that's at the end of it all, you know, from our perspective. And again, you're 100% right. We are certainly incredibly aware of the serious side of this COVID thing, but we're also very hyper aware of some of the underlying issues. And that's the mental health of our of our youth. In terms of sport, Kelly, we know there's an incredible social side. You mentioned it there. Um, I wanted to get your impressions of the commitment and dedication um, of, of our professional sports to get NHL hockey underway, to get Major League Baseball underway, to see the NBA and, you know, coming up here soon, uh, the NFL kicking off. Um, I, I, you know, business and dollars and cents aside, I think it was a really, really good thing for society just in terms of um, whether you're a fan or not, just in terms of, hey, there there is some normalcy here. We can find a way to move forward. Maybe it was a light at the end of the tunnel for some people. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, and I think it was very important for sport to return at the professional level as well. I mean, certainly I'm a sports fan and, and appreciate that, but but the, what sport does for our society, I think, is very, very important from a from a mental health standpoint too. And, and uh, I mean, it's, it's going to come with some hiccups and some bumps along the road. And, and, you know, we're appreciating some of those in some professional leagues and others are, you know, maybe staying a, a little bit more uh uh, unaffected, but, um, 
it, those, I think, are part of our society's returning to what will be our new normal. And we are not going to jump back to pre-COVID time in, you know, probably within the next few years. It's uh, to get back to what that normal is will be a will be a distant future. But so we as a society are going to have to figure out what the new normal looks like and and uh, be cautious. I mean, I, I say to my kids now, never in my lifetime did I think I'd be walking around in public with a face mask on. I thought that's something that you watched in a sci-fi movie or something and and you know that's part of a normal for me as a coach walking in to our our uh, dome facility at scottish wearing a face mask coaching with a mask on and watching you know players be able to perform again something that is not was not normal not even heard of and now that being somewhat of our new norm so um i think as, as society you know navigates through whether it be amateur sport or professional sport i think it's important that we reach for those uh, stars where we can and see what we can do to get back to things like amateur sport and professional sport and figure out what um, what things we need to put in place, what structure we need to place, processes um, in order to be able to try. And, and certainly there's going to be some things we're going to try that um, we're not going to be able to succeed at. But I mean, for every one of those, there's probably five or 10 successes that we're going to enjoy. And it's all going to come at the benefit of our society, in my opinion. Yeah, no, so true, Kelly. And that is really powerful statement right there. There's no question about it. There are some good things that are going to come out of this uh, as long as we keep moving forward. And it is going to take a community effort. I mean, with with the return of school here right around the corner, um, it's going to add another layer uh, to the things we need to be aware of as we start getting everybody a little closer together here. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, we're, we're, we're starting to come together now. And like we talked about off the top is, you know, for this next amateur athlete part, it's it's dealing with, you know, what does club sport look like and what does school sport look like and, and how do those coexist where they don't? You know, I mean, it's it's been already, you know, widely understood that, that, that you know, it, it's hard to jump you or not hard, but it's impossible to jump from cohort to cohort and still maintain a cohort. So we're going to have to figure out how a kid's going to be able to go to school, how a kid's going to be able to enjoy some school like activity and how a kid's going to be able to enjoy, you know, a club like activity. And and. Uh, and and being able to again appreciate the all the benefits that come with that well if the past few months have been any indication uh we will find a way my good friend kelly hodgson thank you so much for uh your time today just a fantastic conversation in this important series uh here on crush performance yeah no thanks for having me and uh you know i appreciate it and all the good work that you're doing uh i, I mean number one hurdle that we all have right now is lack of understanding and so for us to be able to have these conversations like this and increase awareness and, and get people talking and asking questions and challenge people uh, you know on for me on the scottish uh, united technical side where we get challenged every day to figure out how we can improve our program as far as uh, the performance and the aspects that the the player gets to enjoy but also uh, we get challenged from the parents as to how are you uh, showing me that my child's going to be safe in the environment those are all great and exciting things to talk about because it means that we're getting kids back or closer to sport um, like they used to be yeah no doubt kelly and you know as much as we appreciate everything the pro organizations have done to uh, bring us pro, pro sports um, please pass on a, a huge thanks to everybody there at Scottish United uh, for what they've done for the kids and, and that they're that they're helping out there. It's really important work. And I think, you know, collectively, soccer, basketball, volleyball, um, if the clubs are working together and sharing ideas on how to get things done, uh, we can do a lot of good here in the next little while. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And then, you know, we've been very blessed with the from the leadership that we've been ga- able to get from other clubs that we uh, connect with around the city of Edmonton. And of course, our governing body being ASA and, and CSA, they've, they've been great in helping us develop the program that we've been able to put together. So that's been fantastic. Uh, it'll take a community, my friend. Uh, so, so important. Thanks, Kelly, for this. Yeah, no, thank you. Well, there you go, everybody. Fantastic conversation and perspective from an organizational standpoint. Where there is a will, there is a way. That might be the best way to sum up that conversation. You know, in the face of adversity, take your time, be incredibly smart, reflect, get some good people on board, share ideas, and come up with a strategic plan and then adapt along the way. Well, what a series. I think for me personally, um, the inspiration behind this was watching some of our athletes go through the turmoil and having a difficult time dealing with the shutdown and what COVID was throwing at them. And also my youngest daughter who's heading into her senior year. And for any of you parents out there, coaches, teachers, uh, you've seen our young people um, deal with this in many, many different ways. And of course, Ellie and her friend group and her teammates um, really stuck together. And it was interesting for me to see them go through that. They were a big inspiration behind this series. And for me personally, I hope you got as much out of this as I did. The series, I think, turned out better than I anticipated. It was everything and more that I hoped it would be. The people who shared their ideas and their thoughts. I got to thank Ellie. I got to thank Dr. Holt, Manny, James, and Kelly for sharing all their insights and experiences as we all work together to get through this because it's not over yet. Hopefully sooner than later. But if it's not, I can... uh, I can say with confidence, we're moving in the right direction in these troubled, troubled times. So uh, thank you for everybody who came on the show. And I want to thank everybody who wrote in. And I'm still encouraging everybody who feels the urge to write and share a message, write to us. You know, we really, really were looking forward to having some of you on the air. But, you know, sharing your thoughts, your ideas, and even some of the um feedback on the show and the guests we have been really heartwarming. So I really appreciate that. And I'm glad, and I hope we can help you out in some way, whether you're part of an organization, running an organization, that conversation with Kelly, really, really important. If you're a young athlete or a parent of a young athlete trying to get a handle on James Hamlin and how he's handling everything could be incredibly helpful in terms of perspective and how young pros should be going about this really, really good stuff. And from an organizational support standpoint, Manny Schmidt from link management, such great insights and advice and support. Nobody's doing this alone. You can't, you can't do it alone. You can't get through sport alone. And when troubled times hit, you need those good people around you, those anchors who are just going to help you through one way or another. And that's what Manny's all about. Some great advice there. And of course, to set the series up to get some context, from another group who's living through it, our high school seniors. And I feel, I really feel for these kids in this generation. They're getting ripped off. But I really do appreciate the schools and the organizations and everybody who's trying to make this the best environment possible in such adverse times. And to hear Ellie talk about how she appreciates the coaches and the teachers and everybody And I've seen it with her friends and, of course, her teammates. So many good things going on behind the scenes here. Let's help each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's get through this thing. Let's 
kick it in the ass. Because it has not been easy for anybody. Of course, our hearts go out to everybody who's lost a loved one and for everybody who's been hit hard by the financial crisis. Together, I think, is the way to get through this. All right, everybody, that'll do it for our two-part series, Class C, The Kids of COVID. Onwards. Let's get out there. Let's take this thing on. Let's persevere. Coming up in the next few weeks, we are going to get back to the crush war on sugar. And we're back to the question. Should the brain become one of the top priorities for human performance? Well, in our crush model, we are going to investigate and dig down deep and talk with some of the world's best people when it comes to brain training, neurophysiology, psychology, vision, and brain performance as we try to justify or place the brain as a top priority in human performance. So I'm looking forward to the fall and I'll look forward to talking to you next time right here on Crush Performance. Now get out there, get better. Talk to you next week. Goodbye now. Don't forget to ride. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.